I just want some data to bring back to the yeah. dentist uh, to uh, also add to me lying about flossing. Sure. Sure. Because, you know, you know they're going to ask, do you floss? And I'm going to say yes four times a week. <laughs> and I've never <laughs> flossed. Never. Ever? <laughs> sure. No, I, I'm not a flosser. Okay. But my dentist. Is a flosser? I'm sure my dentist is probably a flosser, but... Yeah, I was going to say my dentist thinks I'm a flosser, but they don't. They, they, don't. they know I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. But every time I will say, yeah, it's, I floss. Both of us know it's a lie. Yeah. For you. <laughs> I know it's a lie. They know it's a lie. I know that they know it's a lie. And yet I'll still say <laughs> Still say it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like the pressure of being in the chairs and you're like, oh yeah, I floss four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to impress this person right. that I won't see for six months and has right. no recollection of who I am. Right. My dentist knows me. Good for you. <laughs> Did your dentist not know who you are? That seems to get a better dentist. <laughs> I don't want them to know me. No. You don't want I want them to forget about my mouth the second I leave the office. Absolutely. Like, I want a, an unmemorable mouth. Yes. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff with me as always. Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know the podcast has made it when Elise... It's finally yeah, successful. I'm still here, now successful. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if the now successful hits, the still here, the still here is probably going to be. I have off. to, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. just going to be like, hey, I'm successful every time. <laughs> it's going to get kind of annoying. <laughs> or you're like, I'm successful. What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With this schlubs. Why am I still here? <laughs> what is that? I don't need this anymore. <laughs> All right. Feels oh. like a separate episode where we should define what Elisa's bar for success is. Yeah, because sure. I think she's successful, but you know, sure, she does not apparently. Well, you know, maybe we should have an intervention. <laughs> well, this all started as a joke from my first episode sure. when I was introduced as a writer and I was trying to explain <laughs> that I wasn't published yet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was all like, right. well, I'm not successful, just you know, pre-successful. Uh, yeah. I just kind of stuck. You've, you've definitely written things, though. I have. I have four novel manuscripts and a number of short stories and poetry, and my poetry's published. There you go. Yeah. Fine thing. Yeah. Success. Yeah. And Beyond the Sunday reaches tens of listeners. Bit. More things published than I've got, so you know, it's, there's that. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into our news. Let's do it. Going and taking a trip to, to MIT. Oh, Ooh. the smart people. Smart the, people. Wait, the like the actual MIT, or is this like a setup for like <laughs> <laughs> the actual MIT? Okay. I'm just checking this. <laughs> We've got an ex uh, youth group student at MIT. We do. Yep. Wow. He's pretty smart. Ex youth group, like because they graduated, not because it like stormed out <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. a rage. Yeah, they were part of our youth program. <laughs> yeah. and now they go to MIT. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Smart kid. Super uh, Scrabble genius. Yeah. Scrabble. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I don't MIT know that all MIT people are Scrabble people. Scrabble Scrabble's a particular type of genius. Yeah, my spouse is a Scrabble genius, and he Ooh. got accepted to MIT, so I'm basing it off of that. Okay, okay. fair enough. Yeah, all right. but he also can't spell IRL, so I don't know. So is he a Scrabble genius, or is he, he just like is a Scrabble genius? Really but like <laughs> when it's happening, like on the fly. He yeah. <laughs> well, I played I played him in Scrabble, and instead of like you know you play a word and like you use like the e to bring a new word. Yeah. No, no, he he's playing like a word underneath my word mm-hmm. like so it's not one letter it's using like four of my letters that's annoying and i'm like what is this i don't even know what to do that's right. how <laughs> scrabble champions are born right there yeah i'm that's, like yeah. this you've created a, bro- a board where i can no longer play and yep. it's not even fun right but you i turn it over but i did beat him in chess when he was in 10th grade so oh. there you go <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a chess champ. he was a scrabble he probably player. beat me right. now but yeah, yeah. in your face well, you, you can hold on to that <laughs> i will yeah <laughs> all right mit researchers <laughs> published breakthrough study 
investigating whether the Oreo cream can be evenly split. Oh, boy. Evenly split, like between the two But So if you break your Oreo in half, can you get an even amount of cream on both sides? Why would you do that? We still... You you never twist an Oreo apart? Yeah, yeah, but if you twist it in half, it's because you want all the cream in one spot. It's not because you want to evenly divide the cream. What do you do with the cookie half? You just eat the cookie. Or you just toss it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people toss it. I eat the cookie, or you take the two halves of you know successfully uh, split apart cookies, and now you have a quadruple stuffed Oreo, and that is a good day. They, they sell like the mega stuff. They sell yes, but that's not the same. <laughs> well, then you mega mega stuff it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that you know mega stuffed cookie. All of the the you know like women's health research that could benefit from these dollars <laughs> from MIT. <laughs> we got this. Listen, Elise. <laughs> We need to know. The world yeah, the world needs to know. <laughs> can we evenly split the ah. <laughs> Can you do it? That's right. Yeah. Cancer research can wait. Crystal right. Owens, PhD candidate in mechanical engineering at MIT. See, mechanical engineers are not going to figure out cancer. That's not their gig. Yeah, explained what <laughs> what inspired her to embark on this journey. I was personally motivated to solve to by a desire to solve a challenge that had puzzled me as a child, how to open an Oreo and get cream evenly arranged on both sides wafers man mit people are weird i, I preferred I, the taste of cookies with the cream exposed <laughs> and i got a bite of wafer alone it was too dry for me and if i dunked it in milk the wafer would fall apart too fast have you tried having friends <laughs> <laughs> it feels like this guy should just eat a different cookie Her. like just it's a girl Her. is it a girl yeah crystal oh, i'm sorry i thought I mean, it was chris i'm sorry no. I, I, yeah it feels like Crystal, Crystal, those are our women's cookie. health research dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm saying I support it, Crystal. <laughs> I want to know these answers. Yeah. I mean, I'm I not, want science to tell me. I'm not saying I don't want to know these answers because now I'm curious. But also, come on. We could be doing something mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they created a new field of science. Until she knows how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Or Oreo, Oreology. Oreology. Or. Of course, oreology. Yep. Can I be an oreologist? Apparently. I definitely dabble. You know? Right. <laughs> Amateur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next time you go to the store for a pack of Oreos, honey, it's research. It's fine. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she originally used our Rio meter, which tests carbon nanotube-based ink. And I was... I don't know. What? Why, are we talking, why are we still talking stuff, about this? Stuff, stuff. <laughs> it's Sciencey. a thing that twists a thing, and she put Oreos in there. So. They're called hands. Hands <laughs> twist the thing. Yeah, but like hands, you know, like you want an even twist every time to test this theory, oh right? Goodness. Like you want to be able to adjust the twist, you know, how many you know pounds per square inch. So what was her res- what was her resolution? Is it possible? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Inconclusive. Inconclusive data. In the case where cream ends up on both wafers. It tends to divide in half so that each waiter has like a half moon of cream rather than a thin layer. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. We know this. Who thought it was going to be, who thought the cream was going to split horizontally? That's what she wants. That is ridiculous. That's not, that's never how it's going to work. I don't need a science degree to tell you this. But if you twist, she wants, on the test, if you twist it perfectly, can you get the cream to divide No. Agreement. Every six-year-old in the world knows that's not how Oreos twist apart. Because I assume when they make the Oreos, you have a cookie, then they put the cream on that cookie, so it's going to be stuck to that one more, and then put the cookie on top of it. They don't, like, have two cookies where they're, like, you know, magically, like, inserting, like, a thin layer of Oreo cream in between the two. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is Crystal, you're wasting your life at MIT. She said this was surprising her. This is a PhD. She Someone's imagined if PhD. you twist it perfectly, it like would the, divide you're perfectly. You're getting mad, right? I'm like, this is a yeah. period. <laughs> this is like the time that I went to the art museum and it was just blank or white square on white canvas. And yeah. That was like yeah. Hang up in the Museum right. of Modern Art. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this is our best and brightest. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Our world is doomed. Yeah. Either that or we're a lot smarter than we thought we were. Listen, I didn't need to be told that twice. Okay. <laughs> okay, but if you want, okay, but if, if you want, if I want, okay, if you want to twist it so all the cream is on one, if you want to do the I want the extra cream sure. on one, my, my cream to cookie ratio is yeah. too skewed. I want more cream per cookie. Gotta be gentle. Here's what, here's the, here's her. The, the findings, okay? Mm-hmm. I'll give you this. <laughs> Again, every six-year-old already knows this. Yeah. Freshly opened pack, number one. Okay. So. Overrated, but all right. Yeah, well, it's, this is I'm to get the cream the, yeah. on that So side. there's no, like, uh, moisture that gets Correct. into it. Yes. So, yeah, okay. Up about this. Yeah. Two, separated with a twisting motion. Don't pull. You got to okay. twist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get on board with this, yeah. <laughs> what else you got? That's it. That's it. That's, oh, it. That's it. our findings for <laughs> New a PhD. Pack and twist. Yeah. <laughs> oh All my right. gosh. Thank yeah. you. Is Crystal actually a six-year-old? Maybe that, like, maybe she's a genius six-year-old at right. MIT. Right. Then I'll have a little bit of slack for her. Yeah. Um, she hopes that the study also uh, simply inspires people to take puzzles that they're curious about in the world around them and use science to find the answers. So mm, I don't feel super oh, inspired. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> Are there this any food-related <laughs> science, you know, questions you have? Cookie or otherwise? I mean, there are. I have questions, but I don't want to know the answers to them. Like, what's in a hot dog, actually? (laughs) Don't want to know. Yeah. I just want to live my life. Yeah. Especially when they're advertising, this is all beef. Ish. But, like, what were the other ones? Right. (laughs) Like, uh, wait a minute. What parts of beef? What constitutes beef? Right. You know. What is a Frank? (laughs) I'll be Franks. Who who is Frank? Yeah. (laughs) Get in here. I'd like to know why ice or cream is getting sold in half gallon containers, and they're all like short of a half gallon, okay. except for Bluebell. I'd right. like to know why that happened. Mm, yep. Mm. Yeah. Do I need science to do that? Probably maybe, not. Maybe. Maybe. McDonald's milkshakes mm. don't really melt. Neither a milk nor a shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a question. Also, it's broken. All the yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, here you go. There's your Oreo. You know. When you eat an Oreo, do you twist it or do you just eat it? I absolutely twist it. No, I just eat it. I twist it. I eat the plain cookie first, and then I enjoy the cream. Because I don't want the plain cookie. That is useless. Then to me. throw it away. Then that's a waste. I'm not doing that. Yeah. My, I then eat it however you want. I don't care. I <laughs> am. I'm explaining how I do it. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I yeah. I, I'm not a twister. Do you dunk or do you just eat? I just eat. Me too. I don't have time to yeah, find milk for yeah. my cookie. Yeah. I want my cookie right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm an adult. I don't need milk. <laughs> I don't need calcium. <laughs> Calcium's for babies. <laughs> I tell my dentist I, I drink milk. <laughs> yeah, four times a day. <laughs> Constantly drinking that milk. <laughs> I use it uh, to rinse my mouth after floss. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I gargle with milk. <laughs> As I'm eating Oreos right. <laughs> right. yeah. in the chair. Yeah. Does that work? <laughs> Can I floss with an Oreo and gargle with my milk? <laughs> Yum. All right, uh, we're in the Sojourners Ooh, today. We don't okay. often use Sojo.net. No, That's have the, we ever? Uh, maybe once. Okay. I, oh. I don't. Uh, I don't really like their headlines. They, they don't inspire me. It's Whenever not, I go, it's there. not grabby. Plus, um, we already pay for kind of a relevant subscription. I'm not paying for two subscriptions. I did a one month here for Sojo's to, to get this article. Yeah, what did it cost us? 
395. Listeners, anybody wants to <laughs> help us out for our, yeah. for our 395 shortfall speaking, for the podcast this month. Speaking of bad headlines, I actually almost brought one in <clears throat> this A morning. Bad uh, yeah, from Texas. This is an NPR headline okay. that just said uh, Texas executes man who questions evidence in deadly hit and run crash. And I was like, ha. Huh. Feels like <laughs> yeah. we needed we some punctuation or that? something. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. It, obviously this is a, like a death row inmate. And yeah. he questioned the evidence in his own case. Right. You know, maybe they weren't just, or whatever. Yeah. You questioned the evidence. You're, you're gone. So you're executed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're done. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Yeah. <laughs> I assume both death row inmates are not like, yeah, that evidence sounds pretty good. Right. Yeah, they I got think, me. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, I was trying to deny it, but then you put out the evidence and you know, I feel I'm guilty. What like, are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Good case. <Yeah. laughs> uh I'm from Sojo. Okay. Sojo.net. Here we go. How to find healing from a religious trauma. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, a spiritual trauma therapist and why compassionate community is part of the journey. Is a spiritual trauma therapist different from a normal trauma therapist? I guess it's a specialty. Okay. Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that is a well-known specialty. Yeah, sure. Or if it's a self-proclaimed specialty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Is, I, yeah. Do they also test for how to twist apart an Oreo? That's a <laughs> yeah. If it's part of trauma, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm traumatized by it's that. Play therapy. <laughs> Ooh, okay. uh, before we get into this article, let's talk a little bit about religious trauma. Oh. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sounds like somebody's got something to say. I love religious trauma. That's a weird way to start. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, just off off the top, have you ever, do you have or experienced religious trauma? I have not been traumatized by religion. Okay. <clears throat> End of story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm really bringing a lot to the table I, here. You asked a question, I answered it. I don't know what to tell you. That. Yeah. Elise? Um, it depends on what you mean by trauma, I guess. Um, As there, you define it? Whew. I think I witnessed a lot of religious mm, trauma, sure. you know, yeah. um, like I was maybe they weren't directly coming for me, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but they were coming for people around me. Sure. So, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. You know, as a person who's worked in, in multiple kind of religious institutions, I could definitely say I have experienced some trauma, you know, based on the religious workplace. And mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. it not quite the same as church trauma, sure. but it is connected to mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, that's a tough field to navigate because it's also like my job. So yeah. it's tough, you know. So I think, you know, that's definitely an area where I could say, is this, and and uh, just so we're clear, you know, trauma is a scale. You know, yeah, like sure. I'm not here to say like this level of religious trauma can compare to our authors or anybody else's but yeah. It, is, yeah. it is a form of yeah this is a traumatic experience that i'm going through sure and the religious institution that i'm working for is not helping yeah <laughs> yeah in fact it's making it worse yeah right? so i think yeah. you know like obviously nobody maybe not obviously <laughs> but nobody like tied me up and threw me in a closet and tried to convert me or anything like that sure um it's not but, too late yeah <laughs> could always happen i guess um yeah. but there were definitely like things that happened that led to being like disillusioned to an extent you know like Mm -hmm. there were like negative experiences uh attached to religion for me sure yeah Yeah, i think that's uh, helpful to remember right that when we're talking about trauma we're we're particularly talking about experiences that uh maybe Mm -hmm. left people feeling dehumanized or um were in some ways abusive in some Mm -hmm. form or maybe not physical could have been verbal could have been spiritual um Mm -hmm. this is not 
I was traumatized because uh, I went to a church and they you know, told me that I believed the wrong thing. And so I left like mm-hmm. that, that's not what we're talking about when we're coming at sure. this particular conversation. Yeah. This is harm was done in one way or another yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on a religious doctrine or teaching that a particular institution held mm-hmm. and it was put on to another person. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, and so our author here, Matthias Roberts, who has written a book, and we'll plug that at the end here, because uh, it's at the end of the article, so I'll, I'll, I have <laughs> well, to get all the way to the end. We'll do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he is going to talk a lot from his personal journey. He is a, a gay man, okay. uh, mm-hmm. and is going to you know speak from his kind of journey and the trauma that is related to that. And, okay. uh, you know, if you are from the outside looking in and you think there is a gay Christian out there, you got to imagine there's some level of religious trauma attached. Certainly a possibility of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, growing up in America, you know, now Hmm. 2023 is a very different world than it was 10, 20 years ago. But that doesn't mean that that trauma doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and doesn't shape, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So he kind of remembers the first time become conscious of carrying the effects of religious trauma. I just moved to Seattle and I was sitting in a church sweating um, Hmm. that I, couldn't quite understand what was happening. You know, my heart was beating fast. Uh, the church I had chosen was progressive, had uh, LBGTQ affirming stance, uh, was a safe harbor for people like him. Uh, people on staff were members of the LGBTQ community. Um, and he had no inclination that this was kind of a bait and swift switch kind of church sure. where yeah. like they mm-hmm. push one thing on on Instagram or yeah. their, their their website and then you show up and all of a sudden you're the outsider coming yeah, in. Like, yeah. All yeah. are welcome. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. 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 Um, but what he brought in, he's you know, recognizing what I'm bringing into this space was trauma that was afflicted upon me in previous church settings. Mm-hmm. And so even though mentally he knew this was not the case here, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, he was reliving the same kind of trauma that yeah. was going on. Uh, and I think this is, you know, an important kind of distinction, right? Like um, that this trauma has the ability to kind of affect us like to our core in a sense. And, yeah. and, and, and to the point where it, it spills over from like this person hurt me and I have a traumatic experience here, but that trauma sticks, right? Like it's more than just that one mm-hmm. person or that one, yeah. in, in the mm-hmm. one, um, theology conversation or the one church meeting or the one sermon like it sticks with you and it's hard to get rid of yeah um and so that's what he's experiencing right like a trauma that is hard to get rid of right and you're right it doesn't have to be that same uh trigger every time right but there's often some sort of triggering instance you can think about post-traumatic stress trauma for people coming back from uh war or from other uh you know violent related uh trauma right you get a if the trauma is connected to a gunshot, it doesn't have to be another gunshot that mm-hmm. triggers a traumatic, uh, mm. um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not traumatic experience, traumatic, uh, like a flashback. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you. Uh, right. It can be a car backfiring or just other loud noise that your body in your mind might know like, Oh yeah, that's a car, but your body reacts like it was that other thing. And mm-hmm. the, the same kind of thing can happen here. Yeah. You're yep. in the setting. You feel that you feel those same feelings. Mm-hmm. So he was relaying uh, parts of his story, you know, in this article here, uh, to Laura Anderson, a Nashville-based psychotherapist, co-founder, co-founder of the Religious Trauma Institute. Okay. Kind of, she had to say, you know, trauma is subjective. Uh, what is traumatic for you may or may not be traumatic for me, and vice versa. Trauma is not the thing that happens to us, but it's our nervous system's response to the thing that happens to us. It lives in the body regardless of where it stems from, and we we can't think it away. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think this would, uh, you know, helps because like as we're yeah. going to explore trauma here and we'll kind of bounce away from Sojourner's article and to our, you know, what can we do about this? You know, the idea of like, well, just go to a church that is affirming. Right. Or mm-hmm. go to a church uh, that doesn't, that uplifts women in leadership or whatever trauma you've experienced. Just go to a different church. Right. It should be, it'll, yeah. you know, the problem solves itself, right? Like that's not necessarily the case, right? Like Because yeah. mm-hmm. you can't just think away the hurt that you've been experiencing. It's going to sometimes come through, you know, deep. You know, a lot of this thing is deep, deep seated and deep rooted. Right? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, too often the advice isn't even that good. Right. <laughs> the advice is, like frequently starts off as well. You just need to get in line, you know, yeah. like assimilate. Sure. And it's the, the your trauma is a you problem because you're doing something or, that you shouldn't. Yeah. Be. I think that's yeah. part of the trauma. Right. I right. Think, I, I think that that's not even to the point of being qualified as advice. I think that's you're raising a concern and they're just adding to the problem. Right. And so yeah. when you're, when you're to the point of finally getting help, you know, yeah. you, you've now gotten out of that situation, hopefully uh, when you're to the point of getting help, right. You're just saying, go to another church. It's basically like exposure therapy, which is sure. not helpful yeah. for trauma situ- yeah. or trauma healing. Right. Like, it might be great for a fear of snakes. It's not great for, is it though? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Some psychologists <laughs> tell me it is. Um, yeah. Uh, side note. <laughs> okay that's a funny story because <laughs> that was not a thing that happened to me but i think it's funny uh are you familiar with who tyra banks is yes yeah, yeah. she hosts host the tyra Banks show and i sure. watched one clip where she was with people with trauma things and wanted this trauma therapy uh-huh. and so this woman was afraid of birds <laughs> and so tyra was like all right we're gonna stand here and have this bird like fly and it's gonna, like perch on this thing next to you that's what the, the uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. this is the trauma. Stuff, this is the yeah. trauma. Stuff. Yeah. Tyra Banks, obviously. Very no, qualified. No, her trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this woman is there and the bird flies towards them and Tyra screams and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> what you want in your trauma coach is someone who runs away the moment that your trauma approaches. That's good. But yeah, I mean, there you go. So like, <laughs> all right. I, I think, you know, in religious trauma too, you're going to hear things like, have you tried praying about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let go and let God, you know, yeah. like yeah. that's what you got to do. Right. Like, and, and we did, you know, in the early stages of the podcast, we even did a whole podcast only kind of these Christian cliches, mm-hmm. cliches that we yeah. kind of throw at people, especially when they're in mourning, pain or being abused or in trauma mm-hmm. and expecting that to do anything. And yeah. In reality, it at best does nothing mm-hmm. and at worst makes it worse because the answer is almost certainly I have prayed about it deeply, you know, rawly yeah. uh, cried in my prayers and I felt like nothing changed. Yeah. The other one I hear yeah. a lot uh, is, you know, well, the church is human and you can't judge God by a human church, right? Sure. Which Yes, factually true. The church is human. Um, I don't know that that is really helpful. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. when you're talking about uh, trauma that's being perpetrated by the church. Yeah, this is something that I talk about with uh, pastoral care a lot is that what's yeah. theologically correct is not always pastorally helpful. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, the, the, making the theologically right argument to somebody when they're dealing with trauma is not what's going to help them heal through their trauma. They're mm-hmm. not in a place because, right, it's not they're pro- not processing this with their mind. They're not yeah. thinking about the problem. They're experiencing and feeling the problem. Um, and so we have to enter into that space and process that with them. And the theologically correct response is not always the helpful response. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like 
yeah, there are lots of ways in which we talk about heaven and hell and things that might be theologically correct according to whatever. They're not necessarily comforting to a grieving family, right? <laughs> you, you, you enter into that space yeah. differently. Sure. All right. <laughs> I was agreeing with the least. No, no, no. Yeah. 100%. All right. Um, well, maybe 95%, but that's... Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's let's take a look here at these tools for healing. And he'll, he'll kind of go over this. Ooh, okay. and we'll kind of take All a look right. at this, too. Um, so, you know, he's going to acknowledge here there isn't a well-defined roadmap. Uh, there are, are... But there are steps we can take when pursuing healing from trauma. And I think that this is a helpful tool, right? Like what's helpful for me is not going to necessarily be helpful for you. And especially when the trauma is different and, you know, I can say, although I have experienced some levels of religious trauma as a straight white Mm -hmm. man in America, my level of trauma may not be anywhere comparable, similar, or understandable. I can't understand like this level of trauma for a, trans or gay or black member uh, or woman yeah. that is part of a church sure. you know especially churches that haven't historically done a great job of taking care of those people yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. know so so i think that that's one thing that's helpful is like there's no clear roadmap but there are some things okay all right uh let's see so what are the, what are some things you can think of as i look through this article here that it can help on this roadmap. What should, okay, so what are some suggestions that we have? Yeah. Um, I think finding a trained therapist is probably yeah, going to be a big one. Yeah, step number one, I would think. Uh, Admitting that there is trauma present, sure. I think, is another one. Yeah. yeah. That's usually step one in solving right, a problem. So, right, yeah. yeah. It's just admitting that, oh, yeah, that was traumatizing. Like, yeah. Instead of just trying to, like, you know, like the advice we were talking about earlier is, like, deal with it. Yeah. Fall in line. You can say, oh, yeah, that was actually traumatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... Um, there's an element in which being part of a community is probably really helpful, but you also really need to be cautious and safe in that sure, community. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, finding safe ways to test new communities mm-hmm. uh, to uh, kind of figure out what is helpful and what is not. And I would suggest that you do that within the confines of a, a counselor uh, relationship of yeah. some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, you know, one step here, not comparing our healing to the journey of those around us. Um, there's one thing that he'll mention here. Okay. You know, I used to give myself such guilt anytime I experienced anxiety or other effects of trauma. I would feel afraid, but then think, I shouldn't be afraid. Let me pretend to not be afraid. But that was making the problem worse. Because mm. then, mm-hmm. in addition to the anxiety, I was feeling guilt and shame about my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, like this, f- I'm going to force myself to heal is not going to yeah. work like that. And yeah. then, because then, yeah, we're going to feel those same feelings. Yeah. And then, mad at ourselves because we're feeling those feelings yeah 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 Yeah. uh and another solution here from a one of the therapists he quotes here uh is she's found to externalize the problem so she imagines an anxious little girl inside of her and attempts to treat that part of her the way she would a frightened child so when i see an anxious and scared parts of my of a little girl in myself instead of blaming her for what her feeling i ask what would i do with an anxious child and i can say sweetie what do you need what do you need to feel cared and loved for and safe uh, in this moment instead of making her feel guilty? And this is a self-care mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that she's kind of describing here. So seeing that how would I treat you know, a scared child is how I want to treat myself. And you don't fix a scared child by yelling at them, by telling them to get over it. They have to come down to their level, right, and address you know, that there's fear and things like that. All right. 
I feel like my I'm always gonna be like online shopping and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your child's gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my child's irresponsible physically. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it, sweetie. Yeah. Anything you want. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Retail therapy is really uh, the key to this, you know, healing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. an option. Right. <laughs> not everyone's path is the same, Patrick. Exactly. <laughs> Don't compare your healing to somebody else's. We just talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I think she says, we have to wrestle with the fact that spiritual abuse isn't just something that happens in certain bad communities by mm. bad people. It's a much more systematic. It's in the air we all breathe. Uh, we have to disentangle from... The beauty that is the Christian message with this, you know, bad uh, kind of systematic approach or the systematic, you know, trauma inducing theology or Mm. how this works. What do we think about this? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. This feels a little bit too pessimistic for me. Um, I'm open to, you know, being told that I've got blinders on and whatnot, but it feels like it feels like this is more isolated than just it's in the water, right? Like, yeah. I mean, because it, it's not in, it, it doesn't happen in every community, I don't think. Yeah. I, mm. I mean, again, anybody can interpret, right, trauma is in the eyes of the, the person who it happens to. So anything can happen to anybody in any community. Um, I don't want to say that, like, anybody's, like, above this. I think you need to be cautious of it. You need to be aware of it. And you need to be handling your community appropriately to avoid it. Um but I don't know. It doesn't feel to me like it's just inherent in the system. Like, oh, every church is eventually going to commit trauma against it. Like, that doesn't feel right either. Yeah. I don't know. I think the potential is yeah. is there in probably every community. But I think that in not just religious communities, right? Like, I think the potential sure. for cra- trauma exists in every human community that we have. Mm. Whether that's an HOA, a business, a religious institution, whatever it is that whenever you get groups of people together, there is the potential for abuse and trauma. Mm. Um, so I, I think I would agree with that, but I don't know that it is inherent in the message of Christianity. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I would maybe take a different okay. stance. Yeah. I think that our message, like our core message would actually be the opposite of that. I sure, think that yeah. it has, you know, frequently been twisted to our own ends. Um, and that is the piece of it. Yeah. It's again, with, that, yeah. that human piece that is where the trauma lives. I can get with that. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, last thing that he's going to bring up here, you know, this kind of healing is the power of relationships is essential in the healing process. Uh, that, you know, doing this, going through this process, being honest about what we're experiencing, what we're saying uh, with others is important. Um, so how do we do that? How do we bring in the power of relationships to the healing process in trauma? And I'm, you know, for me personally, I'm not and I don't feel like I'm in a position where I can speak to that because I think that the relationship in particular is so individual for the person who's experienced or who has experienced the trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know what it's like to enter in a church after having experienced trauma. So I, yeah. I, I can't speak to it. Uh, I would hope that you're doing it with a, a, you know, a trained therapist who can guide you through that, but I don't personally have sure. any yeah. wisdom to offer on that one. It won't stop me from talking about it. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. I, mean, I think like my own experience has been that like I had to take a break, right? Like mm, for yeah. me, like I had, 
to take a break from the institution of church, right? And I still had friends that I was in deep relationship with. I still had faith, but I needed to just not participate mm-hmm. in the, um, for lack of a better term, song and dance of it sure. for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think relationship does not always mean deep involvement. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, as church workers and, you know, as members not only of like leading corporate church and like not, not just members, but leading corporate church, I think we have to acknowledge, you know, when people come in the doors, like many of them are bringing a level of trauma sure. with them. Mm-hmm. And so at least speaking to that, like we know that members of our congregation have been burnt and hurt before by religion. Um, and the fact is, you know, like we kind of mentioned, like we are, fa- you know, uh, fallible human beings. We're going to f- not be perfect and we will fail. We're trying to create space for healthy relationships where people are not burned here. Now, that doesn't mean sometimes people might feel ignored. They might feel hurt. They might hear a message in a sermon or somebody doesn't give them a call uh, when they've been gone for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Those things might still happen, but we're doing our best to not intentionally cause you know trauma and hurt especially to those that are coming in with trauma and hurt Mm -hmm. and that makes it you know complicated and i think you know i think sometimes you know working some with some of our kids who uh who come out in our youth program because this is an easy place to see trauma right like it's an easy place in the gay and lesbian community to see like there's real trauma there like Mm -hmm. especially in terms of like corporate Christian religion. Yeah. And so kids that have come to us from like other youth groups, you know, sometimes have to say like, you might not get the apology you deserve and need from your group uh, that kind of said, you're not welcome here. Like you might not get that, but you will get it here. Like I will say, I'm sorry. And Mm -hmm. even though I did not inflict or cause or do that trauma, like, and maybe in this sorry might mean nothing. It might mean something, but saying like that was wrong and your experience there was wrong. And I'm sorry that that's how Jesus was presented to you and who you are. Um, and so it's an acknowledgement, like even though, you know, some churches out there, and I think our church is one of them, are trying to reverse religious trauma or stand in the gap. Sometimes it means, well, apologizing for Christians who are not going to apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes it complicated, right? Like how do you apologize for something you didn't do uh, is complicated, but I think it's still kind of important, right? Like just like, you know, um, Christians can apologize for the sins of our, of the past. Mm-hmm. We have to sometimes stand cause, cause the sins of the people who did it aren't going to, sure. right. or maybe they're dead and they can't, you know? So we have to kind of say, I'm here and I can. So, you know, sometimes that, that makes it much more complicated. But I think, you know, standing in that gap matters. All right. Any other thoughts on trauma? You looked like you had something to say. So I was. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was waiting on you. Sounds like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you know, like I know it's, it's tough even, you know, for myself, like when I've experienced trauma and like come into spaces like in religious institutions, it's easy for me to kind of like come in with an edge of like I expect this community mm, to fail me yeah. and so I'm I'm looking for ways that sure. they will and I don't think that that is 
unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, if you're a person who's listening to this, like I've, that is experienced religious trauma, you know, if you're coming into a community, a religious community with the expectation that they will fail you, you will find it. Like yeah. they will. Mm-hmm. They, they cannot possibly live up to perfection because they cannot li- be perfect. Um, and so I think sometimes in that space of the power of relationships and the healing process, there has to be a little bit of grace given to people who did not cause the trauma but are trying to do their best to heal it. And they will fail um, because they are trying to figure those things out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think – but I understand the the difficulty in that process. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so this is by – Matthias Roberts, yeah. uh, author of the book Holy Runaways: Rediscovering Faith After Being Burned by Religion. I've Holy read, Runaways. I've not read this book, uh, so I can't say if it's good or bad. But I, you know, it I exists. Wanted, I wanted to highlight his work. Um, and there you go. Probably All another right. good one on trauma is the Body Keeps the Score, Ooh. which is sort of a classic therapy trauma book. Have you read that one? I have read parts of it. Um, cool. But no, seriously, it, like that one gets repped all the time by actual therapists. So okay, people yeah. who know what they're talking about. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about trauma, that might be a good place to start right. as well. So holy runaways, and what was the other one? The body keeps the score. The body keeps the score. Okay. And um, we can call Oreo with our trauma too of not being able yeah. to no get kidding. a perfect yeah. twist. Yeah. You know they should sell the half Oreo, right? Like just. W- one with the cream on one top. cookie yeah. cream. Uh, this is that's gonna, it this is going to be like the muffin top episode of seinfeld like if you try to make just the top of the muffin it doesn't work you have to make the whole oreo that's the only way it happens yeah but then oreo can be responsible for removing that top part and doing whatever they right. want with it. they can use that for crumblies for like cookies and cream ice cream or whatever mm-hmm. oh this is a good this is a good idea thank you right yeah <laughs> i'm sure oreo is <laughs> listening yeah. If they come out with this in like a couple months, right. we know, right. we know, we, we copyright. We expect it. a sponsorship at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> or at least some Oreos. Right. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Oreos. Yeah, Nabisco, and yeah, <laughs> I think is is Oreo Nabisco. Mm-hmm. Why okay. not? Yeah, sure. All those delicious treats. All right. Well, hey, if you are wandering through the snack aisle and you find an Oreo, be sure to uh, Google Beyond Sunday while you're eating your Oreos and uh, take a look at all of our episodes. You can find that at BeyondSundayPodcast.com. Send us an email at BeyondSundayPodcast at gmail.com with uh, your Oreo preferences uh, or uh, the ways in which you might recommend people take steps to uh, uh, begin recovering from religious trauma. We'd love to hear about that, too. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.